Guess who's back, back again? It's Jake and Figgy. Tell your friends. Jacob Grom's not back, though. See ya. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, you loser. Guess what? Steve Cohen said, we got a new king in town. Justin Verlander, reigning AL Cy Young Award winner, is a New York Met. $86 million over two seasons. Verlander, Scherzer, sign me up, baby. I'm fired up on this emergency episode, Figgy. Yeah, you had a chance to answer back very quickly after losing Jacob DeGrom, but you have somebody who can fill his shoes quite admirably. So we'll take a look into a little deeper into the contract and what this means for the rest of the Mets offseason. Jacob is gone. Jake stays. That's right. My birth certificate full name is Jake, not Jacob. Jake's win. Jacob's lose. In the end, we talk about Justin Verlander, the newest member of the New York Mets. And what comes next? A busy week, a busy offseason ahead for this Mets team. Steve Cohen's got a lot to do. And we'll talk about it all next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. The 0-2. Dordonez backing up. He is there. No hitter for Justin Verlander. American League Second Award winner, Justin Verlander. Ground ball to third. His throw in time! Justin Verlander, another exclamation point in a Hall of Fame career. His third career no-hitter. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Remember us? Remember these guys? One's got some hair, one's not. One's got gray in his beard, the other doesn't. It's Jake Brown here alongside my co-host, former Matt Nelson Figueroa emergency episode. It's been almost two months since that heartbreaking ending to the Padres that we won't speak of because we're on to bigger and better. And speaking of grays and getting a little old, the Mets got a pitcher that might be a little old but hasn't lost a single step. And uh, that pitcher is Justin Verlander. The New York Mets have inked Justin Verlander, the defending AL Cy Young Award winner, to a two-year, $86 million deal. There'll be a third-year vesting option if he gets to 140 innings in 2024. That option is $35 million, so we'll see about that. But at least two years, 2023, 2024, Justin Verlander will join Max Scherzer atop the rotation. Now, Max Scherzer, if he accepts that $43 million option, which you think he would, but who knows, but we might get two years of two future Hall of Famers atop the rotation, Figgy. I don't know about you, but I'm fired up. You can argue with me about the age and him being 40, You know, he'll turn 40 in February and Scherzer turns 39 in July. 
They're up there. But anyone who just won a Cy Young Award in the last year, who's consistently pitched 200-plus innings, who's won three Cy Young, who's won two World Series, and who's married to Kate Upton, is good with me. <laughs> yeah, I figured that would be the, the thing that sold you the most on that one. But I think for Met fans, you know, there is definitely reason to rejoice. And uh, we were talking about how Jacob DeGrom leaving and you didn't want to give him five years because he would be 40 eventually in that contract. It's different, right? You've seen him breaking down each year of the past two seasons. You never know what you're going to get in the upcoming season. Of course, he's going to go home, train hard, do it best he can. But the Mets were not willing to go five years with him. No teams really in baseball willing to go five except for the texas rangers so uh, great for him great contract for for him and his family uh, we wish him all the best but you know just two days later and what do you have you have justin verlander who's going to be donning the mets uh pinstripes and you are really excited about it for a multitude of reasons i understand the age thing but you're talking about hall of famers these aren't guys who are still trying to figure it out these aren't guys who have never been through a grind before of a long season and how they're going to bounce back and really one of the biggest keys of this whole thing is when justin verlander did his therapy and in, in his rehab to come back from tommy john at such a late age most guys would call it a career that was it. They were done. He took his time coming back. He took his time even ramping up in his innings this year, you know, started out slow, four innings, five innings, and then continued to ramp up. And it was never a push to max effort. Give me everything you got. Let's see what you can do. What's under the hood until they got to the playoffs, until they got that, or really September, because he was turning it on to win that Cy Young. And it was just so impressive to see him. Did he lose a mile or an hour or two? Barely. Barely noticeable. His breaking stuff was as good as ever. And that's really a tall tale sign of coming back from Tommy John, that elbow it can handle the stress and strain of snapping off curveballs and sliders. I mean, he just looked as good as ever. And it's a different 40. It's a different 39. It's, this isn't Pedro as he's hitting those late years. This isn't Tom Glavin getting towards those late years. And you're wondering, man, do they still have something left? These guys pitch to a, a you know high caliber baseball still, and I think putting them together, reuniting them, you know they haven't been together since 2014. Reuniting them together, this is just a different era for those two. They want to go out on top, and I think that this is just a place to do it. And it makes you drool thinking about going to City Field and back to back days. You're getting Verlander and Scherzer to the greatest. Now we said that last year about Scherzer and Degrom, but we just weren't sure when we were getting Degrom out on the mound. It was like. All right, finally, we're seeing him late July, you know, DeGrom star. I can't wait for DeGrom day. But my blood pressure, besides the chicken parm heroes I devour, were high because we just weren't sure if he'd stay on the mound. It was like Steve Gelbs reporting third inning, a strained scapula, and I'm in mid-spaghetti and meatballs. I'm like, I don't even own a spatula. What are you talking? Like, you just never knew what you were going to get out of him. And listen, this guy made 26 starts the last two years. 28 just for Verlander in one year. And you talked about aging and getting better in age. Justin Verlander just got Tommy John out of the way from 2020 to 2021, came back from that and was as good as ever. So this guy, like you said, he ain't slowing down. He's still got years in him. All his old coaches, teammates, they all say hey, the kind of work ethic he has and two to three days after he's always, you know, even if it's a team's off day, he's out on the outfield, still throwing. He's got Kate Upton in there with their dog. They're running the dog around and he's in his Jersey. The guy on an off day is at the stadium two or three days after a start in a game Jersey. Like that shows you the kind of grit tenacity he has 17 years in the league, still doing that. 
this is a home run. And I know on you know the Twitter, the haters will say, how do you pay a 40-year-old 43 million? That's the going rate. I mean, they just sure got the same exact amount of money. They're both going to, you know, I wonder who's going to split the bill. People said that they weren't the best of friends in Detroit. And the famous words of that Cleveland hastily uh, done tourism video, we're not Detroit. We're not Detroit. This is New York City. They're going to New York freaking city. Put these two dad bods on a damn billboard right now. Put them on a billboard outside the new NYCFC stadium after the Mets win a World Series in 2024. 2020. I'm losing track of the years. 2020. Let's start with three. Let's yeah, let's, let's win one in three and four. After the two World <laughs> Series, there'll be a statue of Max Scherzer and there'll be a shirtless one of Justin Verlander. Everyone, you know, is that's blowing up of, of him shirtless, the dad bought out. But it is just a tremendous move by Steve Cohen. And you said this, Figgy. You said, I wish Jacob DeGrom the best. Why? I mean, why? This guy played the Mets. He was never going to come back here. Before the season, I'm opting out. I mean, he already had decided he opted out. You know, it's all the stories coming out now about he wasn't the greatest teammate. He wouldn't do this. He wouldn't do that. Enjoy your irrelevance in Texas. Enjoy your 71 win seasons. Have fun. Have fun in the 100 degree temperatures in whatever town in Texas that the Rangers play. I think it's Arlington, maybe. I've never been. So uh, Arlington, Texas. He could he might win games there, but that team ain't winning. And Figgy, the Mets won five. Jacob Degrom won five of the hundred and one Mets games. Justin Verlander could win you twenty plus, and I think that's a major upgrade for the short term. And this is a win now team, and the short term is what's important. We'll worry about twenty twenty seven when it comes to it, Figgy. <laughs> I, I, I tell you this: people always say nowadays that the wins aren't important for a starting pitcher, and I get that. Jake only had five out of one hundred and one, but you wanted him on that mound. You wanted that ace caliber guy to, you know, just the other team knew that they were going to have their hands full, and then the next night it was going to be Scherzer possibly. So already in a two out of three game series, you had to face those two guys back to back. There isn't a there isn't a fall off here, right? That's what we're talking about. There isn't a fall off. This is uh, a, a low year, so two two to three years um and if money's no object which he just proved it didn't matter about the money what were you doing to replace the ace that you lost were you going to go with rundone who again he's younger he's left-handed there's a lot of upside to it but there's still a lot of unknown this guy has been doing it for a long long time and he's been doing it at a much higher level than most and just excited to see what could possibly be when you have that uh friendly competition that those competitive juices going of these guys trying to outdo each other and to carry this this uh city to a championship you know that's something that you've got to have great pride in and it's not just about the stuff that you do you know, when everybody's watching, it's the stuff behind closed doors. It's the the stuff that you do on, on the off days, like you said, where he's, you know, in Jersey. It, it's also the stuff, where, you know, with Kate Upton, they have foundations. They, they do a great job in the community. So you want to have people like that. And uh, no, no better front man right now than to have Justin Verlander and you're going to have Max Scherzer, those two guys. And the best part, I think, about it, all of this is that I think this is just the beginning for the Mets. I don't think Justin Verlander just jumped ship from the Astros who are perennial powerhouse and could go back to the world series again next year. Why would he just jump and leave again? Money went up just slightly from 35 million last year to only 43 million. It's just $8 million increase. 
it just went up slightly. I think that offsets the taxes of not paying taxes in, in uh, Texas. So there is a plan in place that I'm guaranteeing you that they showed him that made him really say, you know what, this is where I want to be because he was able to command that kind of money all across baseball. Just imagine it at City Field now. Thank you. Justin Verlander. His entrance music is Till I Collapse by Eminem. It's a cold, brisk October evening at City Field. Verlander comes out to Till I Collapse for eight innings. And then the trumpets come out for the nine. <laughs> Till I Collapse and Timmy Trumpet. Let's get Eminem and Timmy Trumpet on the field performing at City Field. Forget the Grateful Dead every freaking summer. Let's get Eminem in the building and Justin Verlander on stage with Eminem. Sign me up. I'm in. I, my goal, checking off my bingo card, taking shots with Kate Upton in a suite of tequila in 2023. Check it off the bingo card. That's what you're going with, huh? That's, that's, strong, that's a strong play. That's a strong play. We'll see if you get there. Uh, I'm really excited about that. this, and I think it's uh, you know another step. Don't forget the Diaz move. Diaz was... They locked up Diaz, the best closer in baseball. And again, did they? Oh, I keep hearing about overpaying, overpaying. You can't say anything about overpaying. You have to put out that kind of money to make sure that you get what you want. They wanted those guys. They got those guys. It's not an overpay if you win. You know, it, it's a, a much different situation. Like if you go look at the Anaheim Angels over the past ten years, they've spent you know more money than most organizations, and they have shown nothing. Even though they have had some of the best players, the two guys with Trout and Otani, of course. Those two guys, the best players in baseball, they've had nothing else to go with it. They had nothing else to that anybody could even tell you their lineup or their starting rotation. So I think with the Mets having this nice young core that's growing together each and every season, going through you know some of the lumps, but they won 101 games. You got Buck Showalter at the top of the helm. I think it's the perfect storm for these guys to you know lead by example there at the top of the rotation. And you know Tyler McGill took a step forward before getting injured last year. It'd be really cool to see what these guys are able to get out of him the upcoming season. And listen, there was no way you could give Jacob DeGrom five years at almost the same per year as Verlander's getting. At the end of his contract, he'll be 40, and it's not a good 40 like Verlander. It's a scapula 40. It's a, it's a guy whose last couple of years has been hurt, and you just never know. And all the, like you say, the torque and kinetic change, the, you know, the amount of cheese that he throws at 100, 102. Verlander, and you as a former pitcher could address this too, to me is more of a finesse guy. Like he'll throw two, three straight slider. He'll throw two to three off-speed pitches in a row where DeGrom was, and you know the stats show it, the numbers show it, was using his fastball a lot more than his off-speed. And his slider is like essentially a fastball because he threw it faster than any other pitcher of all time. You like this pitching talk from a guy who's never pitched in his life, baby? That's me. He was throwing 93-mile-an-hour sliders. So with Verlander, you get just, I feel like, a smarter pitcher who's done it for longer, who's won more. He's a guy who's been consistently good. Figgy, 13 of his 16 seasons fully is pitched. He's made 30-plus starts. That is an incredible stat in an age where you don't see many guys getting to 30 starts. And we're talking about a rotation that might not end up having a lot of depth. They're going to need it. They're going to need his innings. They're going to need all those starts. Because they might not have seven, eight starters like they kind of went into this season. And that brings us to the next point is, you know, what do they do next? You said, Rodon, I don't think they're going to be able to afford him at this point. I don't think they're going to go get Rodon. The other name out there, Jamison Tyone, who had an incredible season. Maybe he's your three. 
Can you get Sanga, Cody Sanga? Do you bring back the Bassett Hound and Chris Bassett? Do you bring back Tywan Walker? What do you do here at the number three spot? Do you have a preferred name on that list of any of those guys, or do you trade for a guy like Zach Gallon or someone else? Yeah, I think there's a, a multitude of things that you can do, and I think that anything and everything is possible. With Their contracts are going to come off the books in two to three years. Um, so that gives you that flexibility of maybe even getting your lumps for the first couple of years of a long extended contract, like a Rondon. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think those guys right now, you had to get that kind of ace. If you're going to lose Jacob DeGrom, you had to get that ace. And they did. They got, you know, Verlander. I think now when you pivot, um, Bassett was a, a tremendous pitcher for the Mets and seemed very comfortable in a Met uniform uh, throughout the season. He was the, your most consistent starter. Uh, I would love to see him back. And and I think, it, you know, he's looking at a place to play and a place to have success and not have the pressure of being the guy. Well, you stay here in New York and you become the three or four and you can slide under the radar and still dominate the way that he did all year long. And we talked about, again, learning little tips and tricks. Remember, Charlie Morton went over the Astros alongside Verlander and became this unbelievable pitcher. He wasn't that guy before he got to Houston. Houston is the land where they they were teaching how to throw curveballs and slowing down guys and changing speeds more than ever before. And I think that's what helped those guys have longer, more productive careers. Um, now you look at Charlie Morton, you're like, oh, man, this guy's a gamer. Look how slow he throws his curveball. Look how he changes speeds. You know, most of these guys, and I used to say that about DeGrom, when he was using all his pitches, you had um, – you had Syndergaard who was, you know, NASCAR pedal to the metal, just making a left turn the whole time, throwing as hard as he could. And then you had DeGrom who was more like an F1 Monaco where he could, you know, slide back the gears, change gears down the straightaways, handle the curves going back and forth. And you never knew what to expect. Verlander is been the leader in F1 Monaco for years and years and years. He's the guy that can cruise control it at 94 and still be effective. And then all of a sudden you get to the seventh, eighth inning and he's ramping it up and hitting a hundred miles an hour. He still has that gear. We saw that he was hitting 98 in, in the um, world series games. So he still has that, that gear to get to those upper levels. And yet he doesn't have to do that. He he's pitched more and more to contact and actually was getting more swings and miss uh, this year without having um, really his plus plus fastball. And that's what the, used to be the strikeout pitch for him. Right. But he was just using his pitches in a different variety of different um, usages that, that we had normally seen. And I think that's something that, you know, you talk about can't teach an old dog, new tricks. This is different. This is a guy who's learning what's working in baseball and what, you know, is not commonplace anymore. So you're not going to see him trying to throw 94 mile an hour sliders. You're going to see him take a little bit off and make it an 85 mile an hour slider with bigger movement, uh, sweeping action and getting more swings and misses or weak contact and getting tons of outs. That was a good breakdown. I kind of lost you at the F1 Monaco and NASCAR stuff because I, that's something they enjoy more and where Jacob DeGrom is going to pitch now in Texas. Not a big can you explain F1 Monaco to me? My dad might not be proud of me if I for not knowing this as a car guy. But. Yeah, you, you definitely have to know this. So NASCAR, Jake. I was a NASCAR, Fisher Price car. NASCAR guy, is though. an oval, and all they do is go around and around. <laughs> that I know. Would never go to that. It's too loud. You need these F1 races are being done downtown in cities, and you have to be able to control this. You know, uh, uh, eleven hundred horsepower car going in and out of turns, and be able to take it down the straightaway over two hundred miles an hour. So that's where the F1 Monaco kind of thing comes in. Learn about it all here in Amazing But True with Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa from F1 Monaco's to the best chicken parm spots in New York City. 
to kinetic chains and more and Spanish. I mean, this, we can make this like a course like this, this not a, you know, not a five-star meal. But we can make this like a college course here. Those are the same. Jesus. <laughs> I always got food on my ma- mind. You know, I just had some boneless spirits anyway. So um, yeah, I, I'm fine. I would love if they can get Senga. I just don't know. Cause you remember as we keep talking off season here, there's more holes to fill. This team has one in center field. And they're not sure if Brandon Nimmo's the guy. I'm not in the camp of overpaying for Nimmo, but I'm also not in the camp of getting a fringe outfielder that is on the market like maybe an Andrew Benintendi, who is a name, you know, kind of linked to the Mets. Now, by the time people hear this, they might assign this guy, this guy, this guy, with the way things are moving right now, with Trey Turner going to the division rival Phillies for 11 years and $300 million. Good God, the rich get richer. Reunited uh, in, with the Phillies there. Trey Turner... Bryce Harper reunited and it feels so good. Justin Verlander reunited and it feels so good with Max Scherzer. What do you think before we keep talking Mets? What do you think of Turner? No trade clause. He's going to be a Philly till he's 40 years old, might retire a Philadelphia Philly. Just another bat that the the Mets pitchers are going to have to worry about for the next decade till I'm basically a father at some point in 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. A a, a tremendous signing for the Phillies. Uh, I think out of those shortstops, uh, the one who's the most athletic, the one whose versatility um, you can use, you know, he plays second, he plays short, he can play a little bit of the outfield as well. Um, And his speed is undeniable. Uh, Top three every year in stolen bases. Um, And you're going to see him in a Philadelphia uniform. I think that's a a great get. 11 years is long. one of those longer contracts that you'll ever see. Um, Thought baseball kind of got away from that, but it made him more comfortable to get the 11th year in there um, to make it over 300 million um, by going 27 million a year. So it gives still the Philadelphia Phillies some flexibility alongside Harper's contract where they're not killing you on the books necessarily, but at the same time as they get older some of their game um will it still be the same is trey turner going to not be stealing so many bases you know in years four and five and then you're you know stuck with him maybe playing a corner position i I, that's a great get though i think uh, is a huge answer to mets getting verlander and then an hour later you see trey turner sign you're like ah okay yeah why can't we have nice things what is that all yeah right we never get anything (laughs) the whole podcast has changed but i i think it's uh it'll be fun they'll you know, those guys will be reunited and that, that's the two that you're going to have to worry about the most. And, um, you know, I, I think those are going to be those uh, rivals uh, that uh, you're going to have to game plan for day in and day out. Do you overpay or I mean, you could argue it's not overpay when you look at his war. You want to look at the baseball nerd stats and the 8.6 war for Brandon Nimmo. Six years, 150. Yay or nay? I don't think it's. Is it out of the realm of possibility? I think baseball has valued so much of the long ball um, that is is he the same caliber of a trade turner? Um, that yes, he has the speed, but he's never been able to use it and put it together and get you those stolen bases. Top of the lineup, great guy to have to get on with all the walks. Uh, but that's what frustrates me. You're at the top of the lineup. You're getting on. Why aren't you stealing? If you got this speed, and I say it every show, if he ran around the bases like he freaking run on a walk to first base, he would be great. But he just doesn't. It's like he doesn't. He lacks the confidence because I do think the speed is there if he tried it. 
but it's almost like he's scared. He's like, feels like he's better off just being at first and scoring on a double. But like at the top of the lineup, you'd love to have a guy that could swipe you 25 bags. Well, again, the, the game is about to change all, all the way around for next year when there's no shift and the bigger bases where you're going to have now a, a literally a six inch head start, which is a huge thing for base stealers. So you're going to have to get it. When Brandon Nimmo gets with whatever team it is, he's going to have to be willing to go. He's going to have to take those risks because he's going to be on the, 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 you know, the, the right side of those things, because we're seeing all these HD instant replays of showing a millimeter of the guy's spike before he gets tagged out. Now that you have a little bit of a head start, and you know, three inches on the first base bag and three inches closer with the second base bag, it, it, it wound up, where we were at in the Atlantic league, it was a big deal. We had guys running all the time and guys kept saying, man, it's easier to steal these bases. It's almost like getting a head start. It's a getting a better jump, even though it doesn't seem like it's a lot, but you can get back on those throws and you have more confidence to get out a little further. And when you go, you know, you're going to be able to get there just a little bit quicker. So Nimmo's definitely got to take his game to the next level, but I don't know. I think I've been saying this for a while. I, I feel like he's a tremendous fit over in the Bronx. Honestly, if Judge doesn't sign back, if Judge doesn't sign back and you get Brandon Nimmo over there, he's the kind of guy that you need to get on base. They don't have guys that do that. There's too many swings and misses. Uh, you get him playing right field and you have, you know, uh, Hader playing center field. So your defense is still really good. And then you have that short porch and right where we've seen him hit 20 home runs. He can hit you 30 home runs easily in Yankee Stadium. And I think that, that you know, he would be a, a good a good guy to get and it's not going to fill those judge shoes in any way, but it's also not going to crush you in the bank either. So I think, uh, I don't he ain't know. going I, to the damn Yankees, bro. I'm when he goes over four, four strikeouts and can't make his way out of the Bronx. He ain't going. I'm sorry. I don't think he could handle the pressure that comes with the, that, 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 that smile will be turned upside down. You know, he will not be smiling at all playing baseball in the bro. I don't think he would like it there. There's not a, there's not a lot of free agent outfielders right there that, that are, are wowing you or making you think, you know, uh, you've got to have one or the other. Um, well, let's go through Ben Intendi. Does that interest you? If you get Ben Intendi for cheaper than you get Brandon Nemo? Eh, I mean, he, he doesn't, he doesn't move the needle as much as Brandon Nemo does. I think Brandon Nimmo was a nice cog in this machine with being on base ahead of Starling Marte and being on base ahead of Lindor. Those guys both can steal you 30 bags and then you get Nimmo involved in it. And then you still have that speed element, that speed option with those guys. And he's, he's one of those guys that you don't ever have to really worry about. You're not worried about what's he doing in the off, you know, off the field. What was he doing? And is he a bad guy in the clubhouse? Brandon Nimmo's smiling at all times. He's just clean cut. And and I, I think that's something that really is going to help a team I don't know if you want to overpay for and I don't see the Mets jumping out to overpay because they would have done it already they would have already given him an offer as he's moving into his free agency year he's one of those guys it's not like a Pete Alonzo where he's hit 53 home runs before or led the league in RBIs where you're like man it's going to be a lot to, to lock him up right now and Nimmo was you know he was getting better and better every year and progressively. And so there was a point where you'd be like, you know, let's give him something to keep him around. He also didn't stay healthy ever. Like this was a year, but he's always on the IL a few times every year. Yeah. But he's always been like hitting a hand or something like that. It was something where it wasn't like, uh, you know, those normal injuries that you get. He's, he's had like playing injuries. It's, it's any center fielder. Look at Juan Lagares. It was, you know, uh, Juan Lagares, you wanted to see more of him until you got more of him and he got hurt. 
It was always that. He's gold glove caliber until he gets hurt. And what did he get hurt? Diving for a ball every single time. So I think that that just comes with the territory of how he plays the game um, and, and you know, his his ability to get on base. You know, he's willing to risk his body to get on base and stupidly gets leaves his hand out there. You got to get your hand out the way. The extremity is the most important thing. I, I, I mean, just, he's played over 100 games, Figgy. Sorry to interrupt. Just just twice. He played 140 in 2018 and 151 last season. Other than that, 32, 69, 69. Nice. 55, 92. He doesn't reach 100. How could you give a guy six years who's played essentially two full seasons and not even full? You know, he missed some games. It was always, but he was always the fourth outfielder. He wasn't that starting guy. He was always the fourth outfielder. So that's why he didn't, he played sporadically. He played, you know, matchup wise. If it was a righty pitching and not a lefty. They, remember the Mets, the old Mets, uh, uh, lefties don't face lefties. That's just the way it is in baseball. Not even Conforto was playing against lefties and we couldn't figure that out. Dom Smith would sit during, you know, lefties. So you, you were creating these incomplete players and then you could look at the stats and be like, oh, they didn't play enough. Oh, they didn't hit against lefties. No, shit, you didn't let them. So I think that's where the watch the, your language This is a family program. The, 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 the day and age has changed. No, it's after midnight, right? I can do what I want. The day, the day, the day has changed where now I, I think you're trying to get a maximum amount of games that a guy can play. So a 140 is a huge number for any everyday player. 150 is above and beyond, you know? So guys like that, where you can pencil them in and say at least 130 times they're going to be playing their A position, then you take that and, and you, you you run with it. So I, I don't know. I, I like Nemo. I, I just, what are your other options? Yeah, well, I feel like you said it too, when like they would have done it already. I feel like they it's the fact that they're, I feel like they're waiting for the market to play out. Like if they could get him for five years, 100, I think you do it. I think 20 million a year, you know, that's fine. Everyday center fielder. But the other option is you move a 34-year-old Marte to play center. And I might be in the minority, but I like Michael Brantley. I mean, I don't know what it is about him. You want to get this team as old as possible, I see. I, I like him. I like him in the corner outfield. Conforto, you want to talk about Michaels? Michael Conforto, maybe on a one-year deal you throw in right field. But I don't think it's the end of the world if you move Marte. I just worry. Talk about getting hurt. And like he's running for a ball and pulls something in center field. It was weird because we we were like, why did they move to Marte to right field? And then we're like, oh, Buck's a genius because he's got an absolute hose in right field. And it worked out just fine. But I don't think it's the end of the world. He moves center. But like you said, not a lot of options. Herrera, Kiermaier, Lorenzo Kane. The one guy that's interesting is a Cody Bellinger, 27 years old, kind of a boomer bust home run hitter. Has been a bit inconsistent, but, you know, he is fairly young. As defense, but his def- and that's the thing. His defense alone is is superb, and he can play first base as well. He can play any of the outfield positions. He's got a cannon for an arm. Cannon, cannon. Sorry, I had to do it because James McCann might be traded in the next couple of weeks, so I won't be able to get many cannon, cannon. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what. If you could take a flyer on a Cody Bellinger and you know make it team friendly, but at the same time, you know, make it rewarding enough that he chooses you over. Cause uh, listen, you'd be crazy not to give him an opportunity. If Joey Gallo was getting opportunities, then, you know, you're talking about an MV, a former MVP um, who is, you know, yeah. Does his swing need to be a little revamped? Absolutely. Is he capable of doing it? He's a tremendous athlete. Anything is possible. He needed to get out of LA. He needed to get out of the, the, the spotlight of not being 
the Cody Bellinger of MVP seasons. And so I, I say absolutely every team could use him in the Mets. I would love to have him in center field and whatever he bats, he bats. But I think his defense and the the times that he does tear the cover off the ball, you know, it gives you any kind of hope. Am I paying 20 million a year? No, but I think um, he would, he would be a nice fallback if in case you don't get Nimmo, but I, I keep telling you, I, I, I don't know in my heart of hearts. I think if we're going to uh, go all in, you're going all in on that right fielder. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be interesting. And then, you know, the infield, we'll see. Do they go trade for an infielder to play with Escobar? I think Escobar picked it up, but obviously started slow. You got Beatty though. So Beatty is an so option. Yeah. I think yeah. I think you're gonna I think you're gonna I see forgot it. about Beatty. I don't you're know gonna, why. You're gonna see an influx of this youth. Um Mauricio's killing the ball in Dominican Republic. Um, you gotta figure out a way to get this kid some big league time. I think he's gonna force his way more than more than people give him credit for. Um, you know, you got Mark Canna uh, playing left field right and you would like mcneil in there but i i don't know something something says to me that you know you're going to move some guys around you're going to make room for this kid because he's he's got that kind of special build and he's just gotten better and better through the years so you yeah i guess if you move guys around you got kind of Beatty. so if you look at the map you got Beatty and escobar third mcneil and maybe mauricio plays a little bit of second and then left field is a mix of McNeil and Canna. Right field, Marte, center Nimmo, whoever they get, or Marte center field. McNeil could play some right. They get Conforto. It seems like they could do some mixing and matching figgy to kind of make things work. Yeah, and I think that's what, you know, was really good about what they did last year when they went and got those three guys on, uh, what was it, Black Friday and <laughs> or Cyber Monday, whichever it was, when they got those guys on sale. And, you know, you're looking at there were $10 million contracts for two of them. Um, and they got Marte, who if you had a healthy Marte in September, it's a totally different team, right? We know that already. We know what Marte brings to the table, his combination of power, speed, uh, defense, and, and an arm and swagger. I mean, I don't think anybody has more swagger than Marte out there. Um, that That is just excitement. I'm still waiting for that. I'm waiting. I, I like the fact that they replaced Jacob. I'm waiting for what are these next two, three moves that you're going to see because the bullpen needs to be shored up. you got to get an outfielder, um, if not two, um, and one more starter. And then you start looking at, hey, this team is ready to compete right now. I, I think the Phillies getting to the World Series is going to light a fire underneath the ownership group because you can't be the third place team and get all the way to the to the final stretch there and and then they added turner so you gotta keep up with the joneses as they say right so if they're the guys that you you've got to make sure stay down you got to find a way to keep them down and they're, they're going to have to retool um in those several areas yeah this division stacked i mean it's going to take a lot to you know the phillies raise it's you know it's going to be a very difficult division DH, it seems like they want to go internal, so we don't have a ton to address there because it's going to be, you know, they bring back Vogel back. Vientos is an option, is an option. Maybe Beatty, if he doesn't play a third, is an option there. Alvarez could be an option there. Although at this point, if they end up trading McCann, this could be the Alvarez and Nito show at catcher. I mean, that's another position you might have to think about. If you don't fully trust Alvarez, I like Nito. I don't think Nito is, should be playing 90 to 100 games. So that's another position you got to think about catcher. They go that route. Um, so we'll see where they go at DH as I would have loved Jose Abreu. He goes to the Astros, the rich get richer. Uh, and then, like you said, bullpen, you know, they got a guy on like Alicia Hernandez and that trade with the Marlins, uh, Jeff Brigham, a couple of potential options. They bring in Steven Ridings. So a former Yankee there obviously brought back Edwin Diaz. 
got to try to bring back our guy, Adam Adovino. I think he's a no-brainer. But it's really just Drew Smith in there just hanging, just waiting for new players to join him. Because, uh, you know, Seth Lugo, do they bring him back? You know, he got emotional when thinking about free agency. Part of me is like, let's just get a new gang of guys at this point. Now we got Justin Verlander. Now DeGrom's gone. I saw Matt Harvey outside the garden. To You know, today it was like it was a perfect timing. It's like, all right, the old guys are out. New guys are in. I'm like, Matt Harvey, what are you still doing here? I mean, <laughs> what are you still doing? I got everyone tweeting me. Did You know, is is he was he asking for change? I'm like, come on. That's not very nice. But Figgy, as we close up shop here, we'll say this. The Mets are better with Justin Verlander in 2023 than they are with Jacob deGrom. He's a sure bet to pitch more. You know, let me knock. Nah, start knocking. Exactly. Um, just in case. But that is elite. I mean, two Hall of Fame pitchers. I can't wait to be at City Field next year. But like we said, lots more to be done. Need more starting pitchers. And you mentioned they need one starter. You got to get a couple. You got to have some depth. Uh, you're hoping David Peterson and Tyler McGill, big drip, fill in and do well and stay healthy. But it's always helps to have the seven, the Jordan Yamamoto's, the, you know, the Joey Lucases have those guys down the pipeline, because as we know, in Mets land, injuries come and they come frequently. So, you, you know, you need to fill that void. Well, we did a show at the QBC. Unfortunately, the audio uh, is like 2006 Mets World Series tickets. It was a Panama yeah. show. If you <laughs> watched it on video. The, the audio is like 2006 Mets World Series tickets. Uh, they're somewhere in the abyss. They're phantom. So if if, if someone, we, we're in a desperate, if you're at the QBC and recorded video, please send to us. We don't know where it is. So that's why we, all, we were going to be back again, but Verlander made this emergency show. But thanks to the QBC for having us. We had a fun time doing a show there at the Four Point Sheridan. And if the video is found, we will be posting it. It might not be the greatest quality. It might sound like we're talking like muffled through like uh, telephones from 1974, but uh, it will be posted. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, amazing but true. Mets get Verlander. Jacob DeGrom, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Enjoy Texas. Enjoy never winning a World Series in your life. Enjoy never making the playoffs with the Rangers. We'll be winning rings over here. We'll send one over to you. We'll send you a replica that they give out in 2028 on a Saturday night in August. We'll make sure to send you one. We'll close on Amazing But True next. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Figgy. I almost forgot what episode number this was because it's been months since we did a show, but that says goodnight to episode 127 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast in the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake, and to our producer, Andrew Hartz, for producing the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow on Twitter, Spotify. What is it? You Stitcher. forgot these lines. I did. Yeah, it's I, been a while. You're rusty. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You want me to take it over no, for you? Let me get my notes. Let me get my notes. You don't need notes. Do it off the top. Think nah. of the apps. Apple. No, nah, you go for it. Spotify. Good boy. Stitcher. That one, too. Google. Stitcher. Who has a Stitcher? Amazon. You, you dumb Android user. <laughs> Freaking green texture over here. The worst. The green texture. Send them off into the abyss. 
subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube. You can follow you at Figgy and Y. Follow me at Jake Brown Radio. Follow He's reading that. Heart. This is off the top because I've had nightmares. I wake up in a dream. I'm like, Stitcher. Ah, Stitcher. So follow everywhere. And, you know, when there's more moves, we should have more emergency shows. But Figgy, uh, did you have a nice Thanksgiving? Are you, are you ready for the holidays? And have you been soaking in the very much early Christmas tunes that are playing all over the place? Uh, oh, yeah. They, they've uh, flooded the airways already. I was prepared for that. But, you know, the holiday season is always a fun time. I think we're going to have a lot of uh, things to be thankful for already and more stuff coming on the way with the offseason that the Mets are going to have. And as always, you're looking forward to the new year and what's to come. So uh, hopefully we're back for another season. Hopefully uh, we have a lot more things to talk about as our spring training ending and preseason show kicks off. And uh, I really... I have to say, you know, thank you throughout the season. It was not easy doing both jobs with pitching coach with the Ferry Hawks and trying to be available and trying to get everything lined up and synced up. And you guys, you and Andrew did a tremendous job of, um, you know, keeping this show as good as it can possibly be. And I still will go toe to toe with anybody. There's not another podcast out there that can give you what we've given you over the years. Well, sources tell me that is true. I can confirm all that is accurate information. So thank you for your regards. So with you being nice, let's close the show with how to say go to hell in Spanish to the Spanish Academy. <laughs> not to you, but to Jacob DeGrom, because the audio that no one heard, we did that in Spanish Academy. So let's close it out with sending a three words to Jacob DeGrom. How do you say go to hell? Vete pa carajo. Vete pa carajo, Monsieur DeGrom. Monsieur. <laughs> Is it pa carajo? Pa, like para pa, pa carajo. Pa carajo. Vete pa carato, Jacob Cafe. <laughs> Bete Pacaraco. You just told yourself to go to hell. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yes. Uh, go to hell, Jake. Bete Pacaraco. Jacob. Go to bed, Jake. Um, we're going to go to bed. We'll talk to you next time. Jake Brown, Nels Figueroa, signing out on Amazing But True. Happy holidays, everybody. Sign me up. I'm in.